0: We've got an awesome show for you today. He's been in over 100 movies. Dude is just killing it. And he's had an awesome couple of weeks here. He's starring in Death in Texas and then The Conjuring 3, which, of course, was amazing. They were just incredible. But anyway, it's Ronnie Gene Blevins. So you know this guy. If you've ever seen a movie, then you know this guy. He plays a killer bad guy. Anyway, dude's awesome, and uh, hope you enjoy the interview. I had a great time getting to know him, and uh, hope you do too. Enjoy the show.
1: We all these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the You know the you know the thing. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. Come on, man.
0: So this idea is a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we got a great show. Ronnie, do you think like I keep thinking that with the next president we're not going to have like funny clips to play, but we just keep getting more and more stuff, right?
1: Yeah, uh, it's pretty it's all pretty funny, man.
0: <laughs> right. Is that like
1: a do you, is that like an individual thing you do each time?
0: Yeah. Well, I do, I try to. And then I thought I was just thinking as it was playing. 'Cause you're from Texas, right? So I should have played the uh George W. Bush Texas one. Oh
1: man, he, he had a lot of good ones, bro. Oh my He had gosh. a lot of good ones. That one the one oh my god.
0: The one <laughs> where he says it the old saying Fool me once, shame yes. on me. Yeah, you know, you know the one. Won't
1: get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: I am in yeah. tears every time I hear that one.
1: Yeah, man. Poor guy. He was just <laughs> like he was just getting swallowed up by did you ever see the movie um uh, the was it the Oliver Stone movie where um Josh or Josh Brolin played him?
0: Oh yeah, hey, uh, W.
1: W. Yeah, really good movie, Matt. Oh, you so know? good. Actually, made him kind of a sympathetic character, you know. And like, fuck, he was just kind of um at the mercy of a lot of people that were kind of telling them what to do. But yeah, man, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the hardest job in the world. I wouldn't want to do it. But, um, I, if, if I did have to do it, I got to imagine I would, uh, surround myself with some pretty smart people, you know? Right. And then I don't know, man, it's just, that's just, <laughs> no one wants that job.
0: No. And why anybody does like, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, I think you kind of, don't you kind of have to be sort of an egomaniac to want it? I
0: oh, mean, for sure.
1: Not to say there's not fantastic presidents uh, from both the left and the right that, that you know, I just think that they all have to have this massive ego. Oh, you know?
0: yeah. They've got to love themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I I just couldn't. I I couldn't imagine it. And like you said, it made him sympathetic. And I really found myself just feeling horrible for the guy.
1: Yeah, man. Just. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's crazy. I, I, I've been so much happier since I've turned off the. Uh, Turned off the turned off the news, you know. Turned it all off. That's
0: all you
1: can do. uh, Yeah, I mean, I will check in with some local news. I get my news from Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably not the best thing. I I presume that if I go to my if I go to the uh, little notifications, uh, that uh, that anything that's really that important is people are going to be tweeting about. So
0: yeah, that's true. I try to stay off Twitter. Even I don't even like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, Twitter's accessible too. I'm, I'm not, yeah, Twitter's, it's all bad. I mean, it's all just, it's just a bummer. Like, you, you know, I'm stealing this from, uh, I think, Joe Rogan, but, you know, they, they, there's. it's just not, it, people aren't meant to, de- or aren't designed to talk that way. You know, they're just, yeah. it's just, uh, it's not, it's just, co- it's full on confrontation uh, to some person in the ether with a limited amount of ca- characters, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's given everybody that, Thinks they need to have an opinion and then attack people.
1: Although I would like to see uh, old Matthew McConaughey. Wasn't he running for governor or mayor or, or oh. what is that? Governor, probably. Yeah.
0: I think it was governor. I heard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Who doesn't love McConaughey? I,
1: I, I, well, I feel like it's like you know, it's 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 uh, or like the rock. You know, it's like you know, you go to these sporting events. And you get 80,000 people in an arena and they're all cheering for a common purpose. And it's there's no one talking politics. And you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. it transcends politics. So maybe someone like The Rock or Matthew McConaughey transcends politics.
0: <laughs> I like that, actually. That yeah. would, I think that yeah. I would like to think it would. <laughs> But just given yeah. in the state of time we're in now, I still don't, I don't even know what no. that would even, you know?
1: No, 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 no. I mean, and yeah, of course. And it's, you know, I don't know. I, don't know. I, should, I should probably just stop talking now.
0: <laughs> no, I like it. Keep going. Keep going. It's good. Well,
1: I, you know, I, I, I think that if current presidents have shown, presidents uh, have shown us anything that it's anyone can really do the job. So maybe I retract everything I say. Maybe, uh, maybe it's, maybe it should just be a job that, you know, maybe that's what we're transitioning to is like a, maybe it'll transition like to like the, uh, the, the royalty in in England where it's just, it's deduced to kind of like a, a a status symbol, you know, it's kind of like that now, you know,
0: with all the bureaucracy they pretty much run it. So, I mean, the president's yeah. just the front man pretty much.
1: Yeah. Just But it's basically. all crazy cuz it's like like you got like far left and the far right they're kind of like they're kind of they've both gone so far left and right that they're kind of meeting up. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Like That's true. Like the biggest evidence of that is like the um the vaccine, you know. I mean, you got People don't know what to do with the vaccine and COVID, and 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 since the whole thing was politicized, the like you, you, I, I've heard the very similar concerns coming from my very progressive friends that come from, uh, you know, my my friends on the right. So uh, I mm-hmm. try my best to stay uh, to keep my perspective in the middle. You know,
0: right. Cause you're going to piss off someone regardless, but if you can yeah, stay neutral yeah. somewhat, but then you get the ones that get pissed off because you're neutral about it.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like that's that, right. Right. That's like complicit at that point. Yes, um, you can't but win. Uh, I was all fired up for like five minutes uh, during the Trump administration. And I was tweeting about it and then I, can I cuss on the show Yeah, or no? Yeah. We're yeah. We not a cussing show. No. Yeah. go. Um, yeah. Um, I was fired up for like five minutes and I wrote a few tweets and then Someone wrote "fuck you" or like something like "fuck you, you fucking idiot." And I like, like I went and hid in my closet. It felt so bad. And then it occurred to me, like, I like, I felt like such a like. Who the fuck am I? I'm just some <laughs> asshole actor. Like, I don't want to, Like, not that you know. Hey, people can. I I totally respect people's voices. I really do. Um, right. But I I I just uh, it, it didn't feel good for to have people coming at me. So I was like, you know what. I'm just gonna tweet about like uh, movies and stuff, and maybe retweet. I don't go on Twitter that much, you know, and and I don't get much validation when I do tweet it. Like I get like like two likes. I'm like, I'm just gonna stick with Instagram. Instagram's cool. It seems a little more like, hey, you could see someone's kid or you know what I mean. So
0: I don't do much of any of them. I'll do a little Facebook, but yeah, uh, but but that's about it. But can you write on Instagram or is it just pictures?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's pictures, and you can write little captions. It's I mean, it's all. it's all probably it's all probably shit that we don't need to be doing and my my son's about to turn five and he's like all about games on the phone and plants versus zombies and i don't know how it got to this i tell myself i don't know how it got to this point but like when when i look at me and like my wife in bed. It's it's like, we're on our phones. So he probably looks at us and says, well, shit, their whole world is in their phone. I want my world to be in the phone. It's all kind of sad. You know, we're going through like a, like a slow detox, um, kind of, uh, weaning off the, but also I, I, he loves the game. So I don't want to take it away from him, you know, uh, entirely. So it's hard to know what to do, man.
0: Right. That's the tough part. I have the same problem. They're about, mine are about the same age and they're it's like they have so much fun on it, but at the same time, you know it's probably not the best for them. But then, yeah, we, you know, I, I gave it to them. So what? <laughs> what can I do? Yeah, you right. Know? And exactly. Then, like right. you said, they just sit and watch us. So I'm no better. Why can I do it? But they All can. Right. So yeah, that's a tough situation, yeah. isn't it, man?
1: And it really is. It really is. Um, but I don't know, man, it's wild.
0: So you don't do it much now, but did you, other than the political stuff, have you gotten into any other trouble on social media other than that one time? Um,
1: yeah. You know, I, I think as long as I stay away from the political stuff, I'm people are pretty cool. I just don't, I'm, I'm really not smart enough about it. Uh, you know, to really like have any strong ideas that I, I, I feel compelled to vocalize, you know? Um, yeah. And I feel like you know, as an entertainer, man, you you're an entertainer to the right and to the left. I don't want to alienate anyone. So wasn't it you know, Michael um, Jordan
0: that said uh, Republicans buy sneakers too? Yeah. You know, yeah why do I want to? Yeah. Why do I want to screw half of my base right here? Half of my income. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, and it was also Charles, but it was also Charles Barkley that said, "I'm not a, I ain't your role model." <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love like, Chuck. Oh dude, how do you not? I mean, that's like the, those guys, I don't know how much they're making on TNT, but they deserve every bit of it.
0: Yeah. It's not enough. Probably whatever it is. Yeah. I heard he was leaving yeah, are actually. You, oh really? I heard. Chuck? Yeah. Why? Cause uh, he's afraid of cancel culture. He says he can't have any more fun. So he, he wants to get out while he doesn't have a bad taste in his mouth.
1: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I understand how that would be a, that would be something that would, if he's feeling like he has a certain brand of humor and and, mm-hmm. and he's he's having to um, uh, monitor himself, and even just like us talking about this, I'm like, mm, how do I approach this? Right. <laughs>
0: it's scary, isn't it? Oh my yeah. Gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The reality of it is, there's people who deserve to be canceled. And yeah. Fuck them. And there's people that deserve to be don't. And if they don't, then knock it off. And, you know, let's just be reasonable. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, have but, you
0: have you noticed you've been in, how long have you been acting for? How long have you been in the game for?
1: Well, I've lived in Los Angeles for like 20 years, but I would say that I've, um, I've lived in Los Angeles for 20 years, but I, I've really, owned, I, I started working like around 2008. A large part of I guess that first eight years in, um, in Los Angeles was just, you know, just hustling and, you know, trying to make ends meet and, and sitting in an acting class and trying to learn how to act. And, you know, I, it's not like I was a theater kid, you know, I was just, uh, I was just like, I was, I was more of a kid who like earlier on, I, I, um, I, I was in love with movies, you know, and then I used to make these home movies with a VHS recorder that my mom had gotten me in. But, but being from Texas, it was not like, it was never something I, I didn't even, I just thought that that was something that like people were kind of anointed to do in a, you know, a far, far away place. Right. Um, but when I went to, um, I'm, I'm kind of meandering off this question aren't I? <laughs> no, um, you're good. But, you're good. Um, Okay. And then I went to college, and with the intent of just well, I, that's what you do—you you you graduate and you go and you make money. Right. I never, for a second thought or considered the uh, reality that maybe not doing something that I wanted to do um, could affect my happiness,
0: and I certainly never
1: considered that it could just be devastating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So. That's crazy.
0: Um, so you didn't want to so, be an actor when you were younger. Like you didn't think it was reachable.
1: I didn't even think about it. I, I, I just know that I love to like make these little, uh, Home movies, like, uh, or when me and my my little brother, we uh, we would make we made this film, Attack of the Killer Guinea Pig, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, so but but I always loved movies, you know, and then so I went to work for a mutual fund company after college, and it was just like this, it was just just dark. I was like, this is a bummer, man. I don't want my life to be like this. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I was like, oh, I, well, I, there's always that there's always that acting talent that I had. I, I didn't, you know, so I said, I said, I just said like, Oh, uh, Oh, screw it. I'm going to move to Los Angeles and become an actor. Now, when you're like from like, it's 1999 and you're from Houston, Texas. Like when you, when you tell your like friends and family that you're going to move to LA to be an actor, they're like, they talk about you like, Oh, did you hear about Ronnie? <laughs> um, <laughs> They talk about you like maybe not that you're dead, but, or but maybe that it. you like, yeah, maybe that like I would probably equate it that you like committed like vehicular manslaughter and you're doing like five years or that you're like, um, you're like, uh, you know, he had some mental illness and now he's in a home like that's that's right. the tenor they take, you know, which was cool. You know, I mean, which was fine, because to be honest with you, I, I didn't have that much expectation of myself anyway but the the thing that was probably the blessing and the curse was that when i went to acting class at like 22 Mm -hmm. i uh i was fuck. i was like i was like oh this is pretty rad like you know like this is great this is fun Mm -hmm. you know and i was like so i just said hey i'm just gonna like learn what I'm doing and not put any expectation and just bartend or do whatever. And then, you know, and just say, okay, that's what I'm going to do this is where I live this is what I'll do. I will hang out. I'll be an artist. And, you know, it took about eight years, eight, you know, eight years. And then I started working and then, you know, and it's kind of been a, a good upward trajectory with its own ebbs and flows along the way of the upward trajectory since then, you know,
0: you were hustling for eight years. So what were you do? Were you like bartending that kind of stuff? Yeah.
1: Bartending waiting tables. There was a, there was a period of around like 2003 to 2000, maybe five that I wasn't I was, I, I kind of caught up, got caught up in like the, um, the F and B world and started working at this, st- this place, the this standard. And I started managing this restaurant and all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'm managing restaurants, you know, but I always kind of in the back of my mind was like, well, this is what I'm doing right now. And then I, I had written a film called American Cowslip slip, which we ended up making in 2007. It came out in 2008 and we, we raised like a million dollars. And we got this all-star cast and and I put myself as the lead. And then all of a sudden I had this movie with this footage when this like kind of weird dark comedy with like myself and Val Kilmer and Peter Falk and, um, and, um, and these great, uh, Bruce Dern, like these great actors. And that was kind of the, um, that was really the, the, both like my onset training, you know, mm-hmm. and it kind of, it kind of launched me where all of a sudden I had my agent be like, well, he's, you know, he hadn't done much, but he, he did make this movie. In that process, because I was playing a a, a heroin addict, I kind of grew my hair out and I was looking grimy. So I got some headshots done. So I started getting called in for these like guest star spots and the, as these villains and bad guys. And then I started getting hired from that. Oh. So that kind of set me down this, specific path of you know playing um these kind of uh characters that live on the peripheral and you know right so
0: so that's so that launched it all how did you come about getting it made so you're writing the script probably as you're as you're working at the restaurant how does one go from that to getting um, over a million dollars to get this thing funded and then landing these huge stars in it too with you
1: well it was a different time back then um now when you make an offer to a star like or to a name, it, 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 it kinda has to be a pay or play offer, which means, you know, you're gonna pay them no matter what. But back in the day, you know, up until like two thousand six, two thousand seven, when we're when we're producing this film, you could kind of make these offers that were uh were contingent upon the budget getting there. I mean, you could still do that, you know, it's just not it's, it's not taken as serious. Like, I think these offers were looked at more back then. So, you know, we kind of had some money guys and, and, and we said, you know, hey, how much money would you give us for what names, you know? And I like, go, okay, we'd give you this. And then, so we would make these offers to these, uh, this talent say, Hey, we make a formal offer and say, here's the offer. This is what we're offering for a a week's worth of work or two weeks worth of work and X amount of money. And then, you know, at the bottom, you'd pretty much uh, everything is contingent upon, you know, the financing fall in place. So we're kind of like presenting that it was further along to both, both the agents and the financiers, not too different than i how the game's played now really um but you can kind of get called out for bullshit i think you're more inclined to get called out now but um so so we did that you know we just found the right financiers and and uh and kind of just put the whole thing together it was a really good script it was uh a little it was just weird and it worked and we and we kind of got these these um names that you know some of them were um were getting on in age so maybe they weren't getting the offers that they probably deserved you know we got val kilmer when he was kind of going through a little bit of a you know uh, you know you can get these guys when they're kind of cooling down a little bit you know Mm. um so so we just put it together man it's it's always something and i've since produced uh a few films and only a, a handful like three i think and then it's always something that you just kind of do piecemeal, you know, like I know it's a hokey analogy, but, you know, you're you're at the base of the, the mountain and you just kind of go a little bit up, you do a little bit, you do a little bit. When you get to the top, you're like, oh, wow, that, that that's pretty impressive. I, I'm not sure how I did all that. You know, right. I also had some par- some partners that were more proficient at producing and, and kind of knew what they were doing. So I was more of the, the creative and they were more of the um,
0: pencil pushers, you know. Right. Um, what does what exactly is the producer responsible for? So I did stand up for um, a couple different shows, and there was okay. a, a deal in place, and this completely ruined the whole illusion for me. There was a deal in yeah. place where a couple of the guys said, "Okay, you know, you can. <laughs> I don't want to call. Them, <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Well, maybe I can cut yeah. it out. You can use my yeah. club, but I get a pro- I get a producer credit for it, or you can use my right. venue, but I get a producer." And they didn't do anything for it. You sure. know? So what exactly yeah. does a producer do?
1: Well, I think, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I mean, everything really, I mean, yes, there are producers that can kind of get the title by not doing a lot, but even not doing a lot, you can be very instrumental. You know, if you're, if you're the money, you know, oh, uh, right. if you're the, the, the money, you're going to be an executive producer, or if you find the money you know it's really all about what you negotiate and you're going to be an executive producer now that you're you're not doing like uh maybe you didn't do much beyond the introduction between the creatives and the the financiers but it's pretty it's pretty damn important you know and, and the whole thing couldn't have happened without that person so they've earned their stripes as the producer mm-hmm. but what i am more responsible i'm more of a creative guy listen i'm not going to sit down and 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 write like budgets and and whatnot that's more of a line producer a line producer might do that like do the schedule i mean that's that's really like if you want to talk about like who actually puts together the film it's really the line producer because they're creating the budget they're creating the schedule they're coordinating everything you know recording flights they're making sure that you're working hand in hand with like locations and costumes and everyone else but you know you're also a producer if you're coordinating since i don't do that stuff if i'm putting together a movie i just get get the people that have been there before and that know what they're doing, you know? So when I, when I like, in my ideal scenario, if I'm producing a film, I'm, I think I'm more of the creative producer. So that's more just kind of being there and, and, uh, contributing, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's just, it's just, you're, you're still just showing up every day and making sure everything goes smoothly and, you know, right. but, um, they're just making sure but,
0: everything runs according and gets whatever is needed type of thing.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, and then depending on your, your, your director, I mean, it, it really is a collaboration, you know? Yeah and and the edits the, the the whole when you when you when you wrap the film and you start editing the film that's a whole other thing it's really a collaboration you know and it's it's sometimes you cut the film together and it's a disaster you know and it's like oh shit what have we done but it, it takes nuancing and it takes like it takes just consistently showing up and being honest with each other and with yourself and killing your ego and asking the right questions and And ultimately, you know, we're really only serving one God as filmmakers, and that's to try to make the best film possible. And if you're letting other influences eke in, trying to get, trying to keep, you know, uh, your nephew you gave a part to, or trying to get the song of, you know, your cousin who's a aspiring vocalist, you're not really. You're not you're not really being true to the the project. I mean, unless the unless the song is a nephew is a strong performer, or the song is uh, is is so perfect that it has to be used. Mm-hmm. But if if those are the things that you're pushing for, above and beyond trying to get to the bottom of what's going to make the movie the best movie possible, and frankly, I don't like I don't even think you really deserve to be making films. You know, um, because at the end of the day, this is someone's money that right. we're using and most independent films they don't they don't make money so if you're not earnestly trying to just make the best product possible then from my vantage point you don't deserve to be making films and i've I've, I've gone down that road with some producers and produced with some people that like, they, they kind of talked a big game but at the end of the day they didn't really want to make a movie they just wanted to they wanted to say whatever <laughs> yeah yeah they just wanted to be, be close to the action maybe they wanted to make someone a star you know what i mean it's just right. it's it's fine it's just not what it's i i just I, because i'm an actor first and i have the privilege of working with some of the great uh producers and some of the great directors I, they don't do that, you know. Listen, right. Steven Spielberg has seven kids. There's a reason that they're not in any of his movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, maybe they are, but you know what I'm saying. I, yeah. You know, he had, he had, he had uh, because he's he's a he's a pure he's a filmmaker, uh, tried and true pure filmmaker so that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that i want to be involved with you know
0: yeah i've actually so you said something a second ago when i've heard this by i talked to a bunch of guys that have made movies. like i haven't made any movies one of them told me he's done several and he said like we can film the best movie in the world and then we get to editing, and yeah. it, and it's horrible. Like, have you ever had that happen? Just turns out like shit, and you're like, "This is not what we made."
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's 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 a hard. That's one thing I love about it. It's just so hard to do. It's so right. hard to make a good movie. You know, every, right. I think it really takes a very specific vision from a director. And you know, those uh, good directors are few and far between. You know, but and sometimes what you're doing is, you know, listen, you're either on a broad spectrum, you're usually dealing with one thing that you can never allow is performance issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just won't allow that. There's no use for that because because no one should have gotten past gotten to that point. You know what I mean? Where they're put in a movie, so that that's one thing that we can't for, forgive. You know, uh, sound is up there. Aesthetic is actually it's not as high as as you would think because listen, if it, if, it, if it's a compelling story with characters that are telling the truth. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's shot on an iPhone, we're going to be engaged, you know? I think first and foremost, you have to have a, a, a really good script. You have to have strong actors. And it has to mean something. I like a plot-driven movie as, next as, as much as the next guy, but my favorite movies um, kind of do that dance between plot and um, something else, something more meaningful, you know? And there's a lot of different ways to go to get there. It's, it's you know, uh, someone, maybe it was Kubrick said, it's not, it's not the think of the thing, it's the feel of the thing. You know, so it's hard to.
0: Oh wow, that's good.
1: Yeah, and that's true, right? It's like when we're thinking about when we're thinking about it, where it's not working. But it's sometimes like it's like golf. You know, you're overthinking, your swing's going to be lousy. But if you sometimes you just feel it, you don't know what you did. Right. And um, I don't know, man. It's 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 hard. And I know that if if it was easy, then everyone would do it. But you know, you try to control as many of the elements as you can. Because a lot of them are going to get away from you, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes you go in the editing bay and some things are working and some things are don't, or maybe it's cool, but it's dragging a little bit. You got to tighten it up or, you know, it's, yeah. there's, there's, and that's another thing, like a good, a good editor is, is just as good as a, a good director, but this day and age, if they're doing it right, the editor is going to be there on set oh. with you, uh, editing as you shoot you want to make sure you get a good editor so how do you make sure you get a good editor you go to some movies you like and you hire that editor, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Everyone wants to work, man. You know, I stay pretty busy as an actor, but sometimes it's on some super cool stuff. And sometimes it's not, a, it's on some stuff that maybe, maybe the filmmakers might've uh, been inclined to think, Oh, do you think we can get Ronnie? And, and they called, you know, like, yeah, man, I'm not doing anything. Uh, so That's this is cool. the end of the day. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> feed, we gotta feed the family. So, um, so yeah.
0: So obviously, because you've been in, according to IMDb, you've been in over 100 movies well, and TV yeah, shows combined.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, yeah.
0: That's that's insane, first of all. And then second, obviously you've mastered getting through the audition. How do you get past the audition process? Obviously, not many people have gone through it. Can you explain yeah. kind of the audition process, what you have to do? Because it is excruciating.
1: Well... um, it looks a lot different now than it does before COVID. And even before COVID, it was already trending this direction, but all things being equal, you know, uh, and up until a couple of years ago, you would have to, you know, they'd send you the sides and you would go in the sides being like a, uh, like maybe a scene from your part. And then you'd go in and, and, and perform the audition. You'd read with the reader, you know, that's a whole other, like, technique but but effectively just you know it just takes a a lot of repetition and and a lot of falling on your ass over the years and ultimately you just want to go in there and tell the truth be honest and and make some interesting choices you know it's not like you're starting from zero for every time you go in i mean you've been doing it for a lot of years you get fans and, and fans in the casting community and fans that are filmmakers so i'm I'm fortunate enough to where I don't always have to audition, you know, a good portion of the time that I'll get offers. Um, and then, yeah. And, and then even, you know, and and then even when the times that I do have to audition, which might be for like a bigger show or a movie, oftentimes I, I, I'm getting support from the casting directors who we're, we're all a community and we've all grown together they've seen you fall on your ass they've seen you succeed you're around long enough you're going to get some good people that are rooting for you you know so about stringing together enough wins over the course of a fiscal year to be able to put food on the table and and you know and then there's momentum your exposure gets raised and and uh you know people start to know you that you can do this thing and then it's you know listen it's not you know it's it's not something that usually happens overnight or even over the over the course of a few years you know it's the actors to me that are the most interesting people have just been just doing it for so many years you know that they just they're seasoned man they're just you know but it's fun so this day and age it's more of you're putting yourself on tape and and the luxury in that is before when you're going into the audition rooms you might have only had a few shots at doing it but now you can just keep doing it and doing it and do it until you get the perfect audition you know
0: it sounds like it's not as uh vulnerable i guess as it used to be yeah i like it a lot more
1: you know, you never know how your nerves are going to treat you, you know, because because mm-hmm. when you're an actor, you know, listen, you can like if you're a, a pianist, if you know how to you know play the chords because you've done it a thousand times, you can kind of sit in there hung over and like, you know, and, and not feeling great. And you can get through the piece as the actor, the instrument is our body. So it's it's like maybe you kind of you show up, you have a headache one day. Maybe you just don't feel like acting. Maybe you're just, maybe you're losing your voice, you know? You got to keep your instrument tight. But yes, I think, I think with, with the way it is these days with putting the auditions on tape, it's, I prefer it much more because... Because then I just, I, I take full responsibility of my wife is my reader. You know, she's an actress and like, oh, okay, geez. we're just going to keep doing this until we get it right. You know, and, right. and we do. And, you know, COVID was rough for everyone and, and most most of us didn't work for a year. But but this year there's been, I, I was always predicting there's going to be a renaissance. And, and sure enough, I think the, the film and TV renaissance is upon us, you know?
0: Yes, and as a movie and TV lover, it is like like manna from the heavens falling down on me. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it too, man. <laughs> did you not film during the pandemic? Because you just had like a flurry of movies drop that you're starring in. And you didn't do anything I, in the pandemic?
1: No, I did. I did. I just didn't work for most of it. I okay. would say that... I was working on the show Animal Kingdom, like, in March. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, and then we finished up just in the nick of time. And then I had on the books reshoots for Death in Texas and Conjuring 3. Those were supposed to be like in June of 2020, but all that got pushed back. So I think there's a good a portion of a good like maybe five or six months when I didn't work. And then the fall came, you know, the union started wrapping their head around how to actually shoot a movie during COVID. Mm. And then I did a, a couple of things, you know, I did. A, I, I was able to go back and do the reshoots for Conjuring 3. I was able to do the reshoots, a couple of day reshoots on, on Death in Texas. And then I think I did like a couple of days on a Channing Tatum movie. So it was it was not a busy year, but I was able to get a little work in there.
0: So they were pretty much Death in Texas and Conjuring. Were they pretty much done when the pandemic hit? You just had the reshoots to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. From what I understand with the, with the, the Conjuring movies, they 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 always do reshoots. Right, they know that they're always going to do reshoots because they do the, the model of okay, they shoot what they got, they show it to test audiences, and then you know they get feedback, and then and they do reshoots based oh, on yeah. Oh, so I that's that. from what my understanding, they they always do that. So yes, yeah, so that was the, that was on that was kind of on the books early on. It just kept getting pushed back, you know. So we right. we were finally able to because there was all these false releases for the Conjuring Three, mm-hmm. and then finally they just pushed it back like a whole year because they couldn't get those reshoots. So finally, I think we reshot it like in January, I think.
0: Where did you shoot The Conjuring 3? It's The Devil Made Me Do It, is that one.
1: Atlanta, Atlanta, Peachtree City, Okay, Georgia, effectively.
0: That was a cool show. I got to tell you, because this was just so surreal. So so I watched Death in Texas. I didn't know anything about it. It popped up on the new releases.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this. You pop it up. Did it pop up like, uh, was it buried in the new releases? Do you remember?
0: It was not. It was like the second one in. It was, I, it was like the second or third one in. I'll, when I go uh, in here, I'll check and I'll send you a picture if it's still on there. But it was like the second cool. or third one in there. Right. So I rent it and I watch it and I love it. Right on. Dude, man. it was awesome. I loved it. So and then the next day, uh, so I, I send you a message and then I start The Conjuring. Wow. Without knowing. Wow. So I start it wow. and no joke. No joke. The first scene that you popped up in, my phone goes off and it was a text from you. No oh that was joke. amazing. It was man. I it, love that. Dude, it was unbelievable. It was like the it was That's so cool. It was really surreal. But anyway, I had to That's I, super cool. Yeah. I had to tell you that. that I, was it's just super
1: crazy. cool. It's 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 so it's so hard to get momentum as an actor. You know what I mean? To like right. to really get enough momentum to move the needle. You know what I mean? But it helps. It really helps when you have two things that are coming out on the same day, you know,
0: dude, has that ever happened before? uh, That's unbelievable. I don't
1: know. I don't think so. You know, but, um, but it was great, man. It was, it was, um, and, and kind of two entirely different things. And, uh, and it, 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 it was really something, man. And, and it's helped, man. It's helped sustain me and uh, keep working, you know? So. Right. Um, and I be- and so it helps um, that
0: they were both awesome too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, you know, I, 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 think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to individual stock is a hard thing to gauge. Cause it's not like you can go check out like what Google's doing at the NASDAQ, <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> um, the only measuring stick is like, is my, is my agent calling me this week are there any offers and there there has been and there oh, was nice. and it's it's hard f- for me not to believe that it, it, it probably had something to do with just having a couple cool things right. with uh high exposure
0: coming out at the same time you know right so that's how you can gauge it pretty much as if you're getting calls after
1: yeah and then sometimes you do like really cool stuff and you know, everyone's reaching out, but it doesn't—it doesn't always translate to a job. You know, but uh, 2021's been just kind of a blessing. I'm just gonna keep riding it, man.
0: <laughs> Dude, you've got to. It. It's—it's yeah. uh, that's pretty incredible. I want to talk about the Conjuring. Did you know about this third one? It's of of course Ed and Lorraine Warren. It's a continuation yeah. of what they do. But do you know much about them? Did you know much of the story going yeah. into
1: it? Oh well, I you know I'm, I, my wife and I were big Conjuring fans of the conjuring one and two we we love horror films so we were yeah we were totally fans man so we were um yeah i knew all about them i had worked with the producer of the conjuring films on another film called within when the conjuring three came out and the role was you know up for grabs and i think the uh i think the kind of stars aligned you know uh, again like uh, kind of going back to our, our previous conversation it gets it's, it's not like you're always starting from zero you know what i mean you've, you've been doing it for a while you know you know people so all of a sudden you're up for something like if i'm up for something i'm gonna audition for something mm-hmm. you know i could see oh wait i know this producer you know like you know so it's like you it's just like anything else i mean you still got to generally turn in the audition that that would ultimately book the job, but it always helps to, you know, to have worked with someone before and to have done good work with them before, you know?
0: Yeah, oh yeah. So did anything happen while you were filming it? You always hear about these legends, you know, of these true stories being made into movies, but then something crazy happens on set. Did you guys have any experiences filming?
1: Yeah, Vera said she had some. a few things happen to her. Um, she always feels, I feel like, you uh, uh, like the dynamic between Patrick and Vera is like she, I think she's all in on like the lore. She's all in on spirits, the, the you know, right. lightness, darkness. I think she's like, oh yeah, dude, she's. And then I think Patrick's more of the cynic, but I think okay. Vera had a few things to, spin to her. I didn't have anything really on set. I I had this one thing that happened before I had left um, for the Conjuring Three. Um, that you know, nothing on set. Nothing on set. Nothing so, on set. <laughs> well you yeah. gotta
0: you gotta tell what happened before <laughs> now you can't leave it there.
1: okay okay well okay so it was the day that i was gonna leave the conjure to mm-hmm. shoot the first time not the reshoot now this is a couple years ago now so my my son would have been two you know this now he's afraid of his own shadow but before <laughs> there's uh you, you know this oh, like, yeah. you're, you have kids you, you know there's a time before they like first got scared when they're not scared yeah right like, uh, yeah. yeah right so and then something scares them. usually it's something they see on tv and then all of a sudden they they like yeah, develop right. fear yeah. you know yeah. so this was pre fear so he could be playing in a dark room he would never see imaginary things he would never like no monsters no nothing right so uh, there was zero track record of of our son leo of him um of him like uh, seeing things or hearing things or being afraid of anything. Right. So I, am all, I've always been a little freaked out by the world beyond the physical, you know, uh, I'm always, uh, I just, it all spooks me out. So sure. just to hedge my bets, because I had heard, you know, these stories about like how they, they bless the the conjuring set on day one. And um, oh, wow. so just to hedge my bets, I went into my room and I said a little prayer because it then, uh, Leo was sleeping in our bed. So, and I said a little prayer because I was going to get on a plane that night. And I said, listen, I'm just, I'm just praying that like spirit guides will come and protect over my family while I'm gone. Cause I'm a little nervous about shooting this horror film, you know, mm. because it's, you know, pretty terrifying movies, you know? So, um, that night I, I, I went, I flew to Atlanta and I got a call from my wife and she was freaked out. I go, what, 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 what happened, babe? And she goes, Leo just sat up in bed and said, "Mommy, who are those people?" Oh my and, god! Yeah, and Veronica was like, "And and I, by the way, I had not t- told either one of them what you know oh, what I had, like know. the prayer that I, you oh know, no, no, gosh. right, no. So and then and then uh, Veronica my wife goes, who? And she goes that those people right there. There's a man and two little and, and a little boy and a little girl. And uh, oh <laughs> she was like, oh. So they slept in the living room that night. So, you know, um, I don't blame
0: them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: obviously, it, it, you know, now, who knows? It could have just, uh, just been happenstance. But but I will say that he he had never up until that point ever, like, been afraid of anything. So, uh, you know, um, Dude, so that was that really the. only Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that was really the only thing that was like, uh, oh shit, you know? And then I proceed to tell people on set and they're like, okay, dude, you know, <laughs> like, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever, you know? bro. Oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh.
0: That's crazy. Nuts. So I gotta, okay, let me share this little story with you. This yeah, just please. reminded me of it. So, and it also involves my boy. He was probably, so it's my nine year old now. So he was probably four. Mm-hmm. We go to Washington DC and we take a bus to Mount Vernon. And that's all he hears. He doesn't know it's that's uh, George Washington's house is up on Mount Vernon. So, so we go in there, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but you just kind of walk through it. You just kind of tour, you know, the property however you want. Then they have tour guides kind of placed throughout. Again, he doesn't know. He's four years old. He doesn't know George. He might have even been three, three or four. He doesn't know who George Washington is. Doesn't know what he looks like. Nothing. So we're in Mm -hmm. the house we go upstairs, and we're kind of peeking through yeah. all the rooms. He might have heard the mm-hmm. name George Washington, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. we were there. So, we're, mm-hmm. we're looking in through the rooms, and we get to the second to last room upstairs, and he tugs on my, right. on my shirt and says, Dad, yeah. it, so that's where he died? And I go, Whoa. is that where who died? And he goes, the, that guy. I go, what guy? And we're the only ones in there. I go, what guy? And he goes, oh, wow, the guy with the white hair. Whoa. I go what? Whoa. what what do you what do you mean? I'm all Are you talking about Whoa. George Washington? He's like I don't know, the guy with long white hair. And I go Oh my god. Right? And so I go, "Well, how do you how do you know he died in there?" And he goes, "Cuz he just told me."
1: Oh my god.
0: Right? So Oh my god. It gets better. Oh my god. So, so I'm trying not to act like I'm sure. you know terrified. So I'm like, "Oh, yeah. okay. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see." And I go over <laughs> <laughs> I go I go well, over to my see. right. I go over to my yeah. wife, tell her what what he just said. And she's all, oh my gosh, that's weird. And she finds one of the uh, security people and goes and asks him and goes, did George Washington die in this house by chance? And he points to the room we were just in and goes, yeah, he actually died in that bed in that room whoa, right there. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Whoa. How whoa, nuts bro. Is that,
0: dude? <laughs> that's
1: crazy, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. I do believe that little kids, like, I believe that they see shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, that's crazy, dude. That's, yeah. So, did that make you a believer, or were you like, uh, yeah. like, are we kind of a believer before then? Are you still a cynic, or what?
0: So, I go through phases with it. I, I, like, I'm, I'm all in on it, and then, and then I'm like, eh, okay, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of bullshit, but it's still in the back of my head. Like, I want it to be real because obviously, I don't mm-hmm. want this to be it, you know. So, sure, of course. And then that happened, and ever since then, I haven't been able to explain it, and so I've been. Teetering, but I'm teetering more towards. I mean, something obviously happened, and I can't explain how he would know that. I mean, he's three or four years old. He doesn't know any yeah. of that. I didn't know that. <laughs> but I just there's. We've tried to debunk it. We just can't do it. But yeah, I think I'm. I'm leaning more towards it. Yeah definitely.
1: Yeah, man. Shit. Who knows? Obviously that's the big, that's the big mystery of life.
0: Isn't it? Right. You know? Yeah. You're all in. Are you, you're all in on it then?
1: Yes, I think so. I think it it's fair to say that if, if someone were to like, honestly ask me, is there a, a, a world beyond the physical? And, like if they would, you know, like if they were to say, okay, like uh, you're going to get a million dollars based on which like you telling us what you really feel or no, if you guess right, you're gonna get the million dollars. I would put my money on there's something else there's something because else. I've, just, I've just had some weird, weird, just too many weird things that have happened. Just I don't know, just a feeling. I don't know. I mean, right. and it's hard to explain, but it's uh, it's I don't know. It just makes sense to me. I I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, no, I, I I just I think I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I can't think of the words for it. I'm trying to rack my brain here, but I think I know where you're where you're coming from on it because I think. Shh. I think that's where I'm. at. I, I, aliens, I'm all in on. I'm a hundred percent in on. Aliens. Oh, one
1: hundred percent. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But why haven't they like? Uh, why haven't they like said hi? Uh,
0: I know that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the that's the one that always stumps me. And but how do we know they haven't?
1: That's true. Well, we know that there's like like who knows? I mean, and then there's the theory that we're all just assimilation, right?
0: Right. That one freaks um, me out. That one. <laughs> That one? Yeah. That freaks yeah. me out. Wait, how do you feel about that one?
1: I, I don't really understand it, to be honest with you. Right. Um, what does that mean? Like, we're assimilation, like. We're an experiment? Is that what that means? I like we're like so. yeah. yeah, like aliens are kind of like uh who knows? I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just uh you know, someone else's fishbowl, you know? Right. We can't see beyond and we're like the the moldy water is like, oh, that's the universe. It's it's infinite. And then and then but if you go beyond that, you're really just in like the aliens' living room, and we're just tiny.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yes, that's, what you know? I, that's what's scary. Yeah. That's what freaks me out. I haven't dove too deep into that one though, because it, it freaks me out. But yeah,
1: yeah. Listen, I feel like ultimately it doesn't really matter as long as you're like trying to ultimately do good and and yeah. be a good person. As long as you're inclined towards that goodness, you know, inclined to doing good and staying on the right track and like uh, taking care of your family and like being a good husband to your wife and being a good dad to you, you know, mm-hmm. being a good friend. Like I, I, I really don't think it matters what you believe, right. but it just, it just so happens that I feel like my belief system and my desire to like be uh, a good guy, you know, whatever that means right. is guided by something else. And and I don't know what that even means, but I feel like it's guided by something else. You know, I feel like, um, you know, aside from like the internal feeling of feeling good, you know, because it's true that doing the, what do they say? The, the hardest thing to do and the right thing to do and the hardest thing to do are usually the same thing, you know? So I, I okay. So if it's easier when you're dead broke and you find a wallet with a uh, hundred bucks inside and no one's around, if it's easier to just pop it in your glove box and use the money because you need it and it's harder to go like find, like track someone down and try to find its owner, right? If that's the easier thing to do, then why are so many people called to do that right thing? I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, good parenting, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I feel like there's a like this, uh, you know, I mean, all the great movies, of, uh, you know, they're, they're based on the dark, dark side, you know, and, and like uh, the good forces and the light versus the dark. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm getting tangential, but I ultimately feel like my desire to live in the light is guided by something that's beyond me. And I'm I'm totally cool believing that and like living in a world in which that exists. I just don't want them spooking me at night and shit. You know, <laughs> right?
0: Just stay you there. Know? Just whatever. it yeah. is.
1: Like if we're in this room, I, I'm in my office right now, and my wife is in her bedroom, and like even talking about this, kind of looking around, like oh yes, fuck, don't let so don't I- let something move, don't let like the the little exercise ball blow, like you know, but, oh, man.
0: Dude, I was doing <laughs> but, the same thing as we were talking about it. That's hilarious.
1: But also, if someone, like, if you're in the room with me, Mike, I'd be like, then I'd be all about. It's like something about being alone. Yes. Think, you know?
0: Yes. Dude. When I, so I watched The Conjuring, and I'm like, I wonder, because I knew a little bit about the third one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder how close, like, they got it to the actual story. And turns out, it's pretty close to what actually is supposedly happened. So I watched that that did you see that new uh documentary? I think it was on uh Discovery maybe about yeah, What was it? it was, it's about so the actual story of it.
1: Ah, uh, no, I didn't see it.
0: It's um it's pretty much identical to what happened. Run. Yeah, like Run. like I couldn't believe it. Like I I remember text I was texting my brother about I'm like dude, you got to see this because it's Almost 100% of what happened, but I started watching it that night. I watched The Conjuring in the day, and then... I started watching that. I think maybe later that night or something like that. But I had to stop sure. it because it was. <laughs> but I was by myself, and so. Right. But if I, anybody was there, I would have been fine. I would have watched it. But there was yeah, sure. just something out of the corner of your eye you think maybe moved, and I'm like, okay, nope, nope, I'm done, I'm done. I'll watch this tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow.
1: That's in hilarious, day. bro. That's yeah. exactly how I am. It's exactly how I am. You know. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, you know, I had not seen that, but I, i kind of, you know, gotten the scoop. It was, I think, because it's one of the only murders that took place in a Conjuring film, right? And it's also one of the only, it, it's, there's a real victim, you know, the guy I played, you know? So, so I, I think that that's why they didn't delve into it more. Cause it's like, this guy wasn't there to defend himself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, how much do you want to really, at what point does it become exploitive? For instance, um, and you can see this in like one of the behind the scenes. So I'm not like I don't think I'm saying anything that doesn't need to be said. But I don't know. How did you perceive it? Did you perceive when I die? Right. When I'm sorry. When when Bruno dies and then he turns into a demon. That's not really. That's not Bruno's demon as much as it's Arnie's demon presenting himself on. To Bruno, right? Yeah, yeah. So
0: that's how I, yeah, perceived it was. It was you were yeah. just kind of mind in your own business, you know, having drinks, partying, and then yeah. Arnie perceived you as like the the devil or, right. or the demon right. or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's his delusion, presenting himself on to another person to get him to do the murder. You know. So I know at one point they were gonna. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I I, I sometimes wonder why they delve into Bruno more, and I imagine it's because. You know, he was a real. You know, he was. I mean, that's why they changed his name because it was a real victim. So you know, they right. wanted it to be kind of. um, And there goes the ball moving. Uh, Shut up. Just subtly. Yeah, Shut I mean, I do up. have. I do have all the fans going. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's always the thing that you hear when you start yeah. talking about it then it stirs shit up
1: exactly <laughs> i can't even deal with this ball right now i'm gonna take it and put it in the living room I'm literally <laughs> oh, it's like one of those big exercise balls you know <laughs> oh, so my funny
0: And you're saying that because i i actually thought the same thing i wish they would have dove into that more but that makes sense that they didn't want to exploit it, yeah. it makes me at peace with with it, because me and my brother, we were talking about that—that that we wish it kind of dove into that one a little more. But, but that explains yeah. it. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Well, here's the deal. It, it's like if the if the guy only got five years for murder, then there's some. There had to be something compelling about the evidence. You right. know?
0: Yes. Did you get oh. to meet any of the people involved? Obviously, Ed and Lorraine have passed, but did you get to meet uh, maybe Arnie? I think Arnie's wife just passed away, actually. A couple. Of yeah,
1: ago. Debbie. Uh, no, they were coming up. Uh, I think that they, I mean, I think I just missed them. In a, you know, uh, they, they definitely had um, Sarah, um, Sarah Catherine, who plays Debbie, got to meet the real Debbie. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, such a, big- a trip. Oh, dude. So how, how how come they, in this documentary, they never get the real David Glatzel to talk?
0: Um,
1: the kid. The kid who was Oh, possessed. the
0: kid. No, no, no. The kid did. No, sorry. Yeah, no, they didn't get the kid. They got Arnie and the wife and then um, Lorraine. Uh, you know, they had archival footage of her, but they never had the kid. I think it said, I want to say, I could be wrong, but I want to say at the end, I think it said he doesn't have any recollection of it, I believe. Right.
1: That, may, that makes sense. Yeah. Which, Man. which I've poor heard. kid.
0: I know. I know. Which I, I've heard that. Not to dive too much into the weeds, but like the exorcist kid that they wrote that movie off of, the original one, Like apparently that kid has no recollection of it either.
1: I mean, God bless. I like, know, ugh.
0: I know. In the movie, I wondered this. So remember when they're talking to the lawyer and the lawyer's like, no, you guys are insane. We're not going to use this as a defense that he was possessed.
1: Right, right, and right, they, right, right.
0: And they said, we'll come back to our house and if you don't believe, right. then you can drop the yes. case or whatever. And then next thing you know, she's taken on the case. But I wonder- Such a great scene. Dude, I loved it. <laughs> I think part <laughs> that made me bust out laughing. Yeah,
1: yeah, me too.
0: But me I too. wondered. I wondered if that really happened. That was one of the parts I did wonder.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I know that um, I believe that Ed and Lorraine had some sort of insight into a world beyond the physical. right? And I believe that they had intentions to help people. And I believe that, uh, I mean, listen, a lot of these cases, they had like exorcisms. They don't just hand out exorcisms. You know, I think it's all very, very interesting to me.
0: It is. It's, I like knowing about it, but I don't at the same time. Kind of like we, <laughs> we were just talking about.
1: Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's wild. Oh. So what about, like, what about your wife? Does she believe?
0: Uh, she. You know, she didn't really. She. So she was. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to get around it, but I think I got to tell you. Okay. So, yeah. So me and another buddy years ago, like 10, 15 years ago, we did a radio show together. Yeah. And we wanted, we were kind of getting into the ghost stuff, and it was around Halloween, and there's this old hospital in uh, Tooele, Utah, and we ended up getting a hold of the guy that owns it. There's nothing there now. He just owns it, and he kind of does ghost tours and stuff. So we get a hold of him to come on, and then we had a couple, uh, had a couple listeners come down with us while we went and ghost hunted it for a night. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was super fun. Nothing happened. Look, at the end, we heard a bed slam down in one of the rooms, and we were the only ones. Oh, wow. So that was pretty freaky. But other than that, nothing happened. So we go home. As we're leaving, the guy that owns it, he says, before you go, tell the ghosts that they can't come with you. And oh, God. We, we didn't take it seriously, you know. We were kind of yeah. just joking about it, like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I go home. My wife was already asleep. So in the middle of the night, she's waking me up, and she's all, "Did is did someone come back and is staying here?" And I said, "Oh no. God, yeah." And I go, "No," and she's like, "Jose didn't stay here with you." I go, "I'm all no, he went home." And she goes, "Well, a guy in a flannel shirt with half his face blown off just woke me up."
1: Oh my God!
0: Right? And so I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you got to be kidding!" Me. And so ever since then, she was. But then I called the guy from the hospital, and I told him, and he goes, "Dude, you got to tell it to get in your car." And you got to drive back down here and tell it to get back out. Jesus Christ. Right. So then I did it and then it never happened again.
1: (laughs) You really did all that?
0: I did. I did. Wow. Because I think it happened a couple more times. And then I was like, okay, I've got to, I've got to try this. This is too much. And then I did it. And then as soon as I did it, it, nothing never happened.
1: That's, that's the thing that like, I'm afraid of. Like I, I do believe that like dark forces can attach themselves to you. Right. So you know, I'm hedging all my bets, man. I got a big crucifix on my arm. I got like,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I never got, can be too
1: safe. Yeah, I got like, I, I mean, I do pray. I mean, I, I do, but it, it all bleed. It all bleeds into just like, I mean, I do believe. I'm a believer. What can yeah. I say? I, I'm, I keep trying to like not admit it, but you know, right. of course, I'm a believer. <laughs> right. I believe, but but I, I believe that there's a lot of light and like spirit like good spirits around us you know i believe that that's probably what's mostly around us i just also think that you know that there's some dark dark shit that can come in every now and again
0: i think that's just the one that gets our attention the most i think most of it i think you're right i think most of it's probably light
1: (laughs) did you yeah oh my god now i'm freaking myself out again dude
0: All right, well all right let's talk about let's talk about death in Texas then Could
1: you, Yeah, yeah oh, okay how That's about not that nothing scary about that
0: <laughs> so, so you were talking about like doing the right stuff that' death in Texas man it's it's one of the ones that makes you think which is the ones I like would I do all this stuff Can, I don't want to say anything that I shouldn't so do you want to explain a little bit of it
1: well ultimately it's it's uh it's about a guy who gets out of prison and he finds out that his uh, mother's dying and she needs a new liver and he goes to the doctor. And of course, you know, these are, uh, you know, he, he, does, he's not a man of any means and neither is his mom. And he, he goes to the doctor and kind of finds out through this shady doctor that, that he could get a liver across across the border in Mexico for $150,000. So he he goes that route. So now it all takes place in the Texas border, Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it sets up a land, a, a world of, of, uh, of cartel and, you know, El Paso and, you know, um, so he, he kind of, I mean, am I giving away the story here? Um, no, I don't he, think uh, so. Kind of all in the trailer. So he, he, uh, he decides he gets the broad idea that he's going to start robbing the cartel, qualifying it because saying, Hey, if I rob a lot of drug dealers, I mean, they're, they're bad guys who do bad things. So I'll rob the drug dealers and I'll, I'll get the money to buy my mom's liver. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the setup. I, I, I mean, I, I really love the script. I really love the story. I, I produced this by the way. Oh, I didn't write it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah so yeah man I, re- I really enjoyed it i'm really proud of it i'm really proud of the performances i'm really proud of the story you know it's 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 you know and that's one of those ones where we, we kind of we had an assembly cut and, and we were looking at it. it's like man this it just needed some help you know we just kind of we had an editor that was great and he just kind of kept working it working it and working it lo and behold we kind of uh, put together something that i think we're all really proud of you know
0: it comes through awesome thanks man i do want to say the drug dealer the mayor he calls himself the mayor uh yeah yeah Dude, he oh, he's so great, funny.
1: <laughs> so good that, that that that's my buddy mike foy he's uh he's he's just a great actor and he's funny and you know i've been one to work with him for a while he's just uh he's great man so good i mean and that's, uh, so good. That's like, that was my favorite scene to shoot. I think, you know, um, yeah, man, I'm proud of it. And I'm, I'm it's so stoked to see people coming across it, you know, cause there's like, like, again, you never really know because there's so many, so much content out there, mm-hmm. you know? So you're like, well, who's watching this is just, just like my, my friends and family that are just downloading this, you know, but, right. but, but, but people come across it and they like it and, you know. I mean, not everyone likes it, but, um, but you know, they like it and, they, and I just think that's so cool, you know, cause there's just so much content out there, but I'm like you, man. I always go to the new releases. I'm always what's new. And, uh, and I'm always, I'm, I'm a movie buff too, man. I just always watching new stuff. It was really gratifying, man. It's just, it's, you know, it's it, to play a lead. It's a lot harder, man, because you have to kind of like, uh, you, you kind of have to fall in line with the, the narrative and the arc of the story, mm-hmm. but you have to kind of, um, you have to be kind of the engine that's driving it. So it's uh, it, it's something that I'm proud that people are, are watching it and responding to it. Yeah. You know?
0: Especially when you're proud of something and you're waiting and waiting for it to come out. How did it all come about? Because I think you I think I read that you worked with was it the writer on Joe?
1: No, I um, the writer director was a friend of mine and he came down when I was shooting Joe and he wrote the film. Like he came down to visit me. Um, oh, gotcha. so, you know, we, we were kind of, we were in the Joe vibe and, uh, we were shooting, it was, uh, you know, Southern noir. So he, I think he wanted to make something along those lines. You know, it just took a few years to get off, off the ground. right It's, uh, it's cool, man. It's cool. And it's, it's, it's really it's gotten my producing chops up, uh, too. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to producing more stuff. And yeah, that's I mean, great. acting is, is is still the love of my life, but um, but I, I producing is pretty cool too, man. It's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's a whole other thing, you know, right? Um, I'd yeah. be happy, you know, kind of doing a, a healthy mix of both, you know, right? So
0: if you had to choose one, would it be acting? Yes, 100%. But if I couldn't act for
1: whatever reason, I'd, I'd be, you know, pretty fulfilled doing the producing too. I mean, there's There's nothing like acting. It's just uh, it's like a puzzle, you know. It's right. It's like you can't rest on your laurels. Every time you play a new character, it's about like trying to crack it. Uh, You know, it's wild. It's so much fun, man. It's so much fun, particularly when you get to do it in a good movie. You know, because we, you know, we're we're, you'd call me a a journeyman actor. You know, I, I just go to work. You know what I mean? Not to say that I'm not, I'm not uh, a little discriminate, but you know. I go to work and I do the deal, and and they, you know they they're not all going to be studio films. They're not all going to be you know they're not all going to turn out well. I mean everyone sets out to make a good movie, but right. again it's just hard to do you know. So
0: and this character is a little bit different because like you said, you do play a lot of the of the bad guy. Which, is that hard mm-hmm. at all, getting into, like, a character of the guy on, uh, was it Death Wish, I think, that you played? Man, that oh, that yeah. character. Bad oh, dude. dude. Yeah.
1: You know, they say that, like, every every villain is the hero of his own story, you know? Right. um I think there's always a way to, even if it's not always explicit in the script, there's always a way to build a backstory and a life around your character that can... um allow you to buy into why he's doing what he's doing you know some some guys are just so bad that there's nothing you can do you know right. so you just kind of you got to lean into the bat you know but i i more and more try to avoid those kind of characters because you know i've done that before you know
0: sure right your son's small. Has, has that changed your approach at all to any?
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes me more, I mean, because I'm a movie guy, I understand that there's a, a, you know, I love movies and there has to be a bad guy. So someone has a plan, you know, but I suppose I'm a little more conscious about him seeing me in these things and, and like, um, like greater implications of like, you know, I want him to be proud of his dad and what he does, you know? So, sure. so that's the cool thing about some of the work I've done lately. Some, some of it hadn't come out yet. Some of it, um, I'm about to shoot it's it's uh you know it's just a better i don't know i don't know how to describe it but it's just uh, it's something that I, I i would be proud to let my son see you know
0: right does he know what mm. you do he knows
1: i have friends that are sons of actors mm. you know from their vantage point they're like they just grew up thinking that everyone's dad was an actor you know, right. so it wasn't really novel to them until later on in life, you know, because you only know what you know. You know, you only know you know, he only knows his parents, you know, yeah. um, so he doesn't really he's not particularly impressed, you know, <laughs> which is cool. I don't need him to be, you know, right. um, I, I, every now and again, like me or uh, my wife will will, will be in something will be watching something on TV that we're in just like, you know, if it's, if it's acceptable, just sure. like, just turn on a second of it to see like, how does, how does he react? And, and then he kind of looks and he's like, Oh, like <laughs> I can see him thinking, okay then oh that's okay. dad and then he'll just, just go on playing you know
0: for zombies game back yeah exactly uh, isn't that great like you yeah <laughs> i've tried to do that too just try to impress them yeah. on something that i've done and they just yeah, yeah they could not yeah us.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly man I love it's it. kind of it, ke- it keeps us honest right
0: yes it does the the thing that keeps us honest <laughs> like you
1: right. know, it's right. Like,
0: right, right. It's the end all be all, pretty much.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude, I so I just looked down at the time. I didn't uh realize I'd kept you this long. It's already.
1: That's okay, buddy. It's okay, man. I, I I had fun. I had fun. Man. It was a good
0: talk, right? Yeah, dude, this was awesome. And you. Were, yeah, man. That's what's so. Cra- you play the bad guy so good, but you uh, you are like the nicest guy. Like you could not thanks, be farther man. from the the characters thanks, man. that we've seen.
1: So. Well, thanks, man. I I and forgive me if my energy is a little low. I was I was kind of I was on a horse all day, like training. So, like I got like these allergies. So, um, <sighs> but hey, man, I had a blast, bro, and 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 uh, I want to do it again soon.
0: Hell yeah, let's do it. You've got Animal Kingdom coming up, right?
1: Animal Kingdom is gonna be a, a little a guest spot I did on on July eleventh. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. And then I'm going to shoot some other cool stuff but uh i I should probably wait to say anything about it
0: okay cool well yeah you're uh you're always welcome here to announce it so
1: all right thank you brother hey ronnie
0: thanks so much man
1: all right bye